Zone Three Podcast. This is Robert Reggie. We're we're joined today by uh, Bill Faulkner yes. and Kristen Harrington. Thank you again for coming. Uh, uh, thank you again for being our guest uh, right. today. We're talking about registry review and how to involve as an MRI tech. So, if you would introduce yourselves, we'll start with Kristen. Where are you from, Kristen? Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I'm pretty much been there my entire life, uh, except for a few with career changes and whatnot. <laughs> so, and I. Uh, I have several children, um, three, and then I have uh, more animals than I can count, and uh, nice. then I have a wonderful husband. And so, oh, you're not counting him as one of the animals. <laughs> I'm not. He's at least housebroken. <laughs> We're still working on that. I've got the shot collar. Just as a little reminder. Oh, that's awesome. We're down to like level ten versus like eighty six. <laughs> Wow, I'm not doing a great job on introducing him on this one, but that's okay. That's okay. I've been in MRI for um, many years, since 1995, and have had various different types of career moves, changes, and so um, that's pretty much that's pretty much me. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, Bill Faulkner. I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Been married this year 42 years, I think it was this year. Uh, Congrats. All right. Uh, again, my wife's one deserves congratulations. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a daughter, uh, Amber, and we've got a uh, uh, she turned eight granddaughter, Zoe. And is she yeah. local? They're in Chattanooga? Yeah, they're, they're local so as well. See her often? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. And uh, both uh, my wife and I's mothers are in Chattanooga, and so uh, we're, you know, all the old families there, you know. A small family. I come from a small family, so I've just got a sister. But again, everybody's everybody's local, so it's uh, you know been great. I've been doing MR since '85, November about November of '85. You were born in '85, weren't you? '87, so close. <sighs> Thank okay. you very much. '82, so here, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kristen right, was born in the same year I graduated high school. She tells me that all Are we time. allowed to say? <laughs> uh, that was 1995, right? Well, thank you again for coming. Uh, yes. Thank you again for you know joining us. We're talking about registry review. Um, you guys have very different backgrounds on how you came to be. So if you would kind of just talk about that for a second. Yeah, because I actually, I, this is a big subject for me, career evolution. Cause career, I, yeah. yeah, because interesting. honestly, I uh, when I went back to get my bachelor's, I had so many options that I could go to, like when it comes to CT, going into management, you can, you know, so many things like that. And there's not a lot of internet options. Like when you look on the internet and like, all right, MRI tech, I guess you can become the manager of your department <laughs> at the max, you know, yeah. pay grade or whatever. So um, I'm so excited to talk about this. I can't wait to hear what you guys have in tell. You, you well, want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. All right, so, um, I didn't really, I was get, going for a biology degree and I started out with the meteorology. I wanted to be a meteorologist, but the nice. classes were beyond what I could ever comprehend. And then- kind um, of up in the air. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Clever. Wow. Yeah. So um, I decided to go to Emory University. I got my two year degree. Oh, nice. And while I was there, I started working in x-ray just because I was broke and needed money. I would do Christmas Eve, I would do anything, just double shifts to make some money. And then after two years, I, I graduated. Um, and then I, I needed a job desperately. 
So right. I, I went to every department and said, you're my favorite modality. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And I said, I, I can't imagine working anywhere else but here. Right. And um, so yeah. essentially. And more I believed you. <laughs> yes. I love your approach. <laughs> I mean, I was desperate, you know. And so MRI offered me a um, job the day before mammography, or I would be doing a mammography um, podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. So, Come um, with us. <laughs> yeah. So, but when, when I was in Keep my. Keep abreast s- of the issue. <laughs> You're on top of it. Wow, my, my, I'm just hurting. My, just the belly laughs going on here. We really need a drum roll or a little. So my second year of X-ray school, we were allowed. I don't think you're allowed to anymore. It's very specific to the facility. Just stop laughing at yourself. I'm just thinking of what, they, what we got away with. Yeah, I know. We got away with a lot. Um, so my second year, I was at like a patient care tech aide for MR. And um, they would pay me. They made me do all my rotations and everything there. So that meant I got to um, change coils out, be within the environment, um, change patients, um, wipe up vomit, um, put films together, you know, right. all of those things. Uh, none of it consisted of, of touching a scanner whatsoever. Right. But I was in the environment. And so as soon as I graduated from... Emory, then I, I knew I wanted to go on to get my bachelor's degree, and they didn't really have one for what I was looking for, obviously, back back in that t- those times. And so I worked with, I took uh, Perry Sprawls, Dr. Sprawls, I took, he, he was at Emory, so I took his class with the residents, and I, you know, kind of made up, so it was a Bachelor of Medical Science and Education, they approved it. Mm-hmm. And so I got that degree. But while I was doing that, I was working full-time at Emory. So I would get up at 4.45 in the morning to miss traffic, would go to the hospital, study in the cafeteria, go to all my classes, and then I would work from 3.30 till 11, which a lot of times was 12 or 1, get up and do the same thing. But it just took me an additional year because I did have a lot of the core classes done. And while I was working, once I was full-time, at Emory, I actually was at a beta site for Philips. And so we were always doing research. You know, when diffusion came out for us in 1997, and you know, we could only get a B value of, because of the gradients of 997. We couldn't get G's, 1,000. <laughs> and so I was just involved with a lot of, you know, innovative abdominal as far as, you know, we used to, for new techs, we used to just push the contrast in. It's like, okay, try to do and we used butterfly needles i'm not right. even yeah. and I, back in the day emory was well known for its body imaging they had some radiologists that were were well known in the body and i remember coming up in an early part of mr emory was the the mecca for the phillips and body imaging and, and oh. body imaging was and, and cardiac actually were very big as far as you know um phillips and then emory was pretty well known for that <laughs> So I was working there, and I was involved with a lot of functional research, spectroscopy, other types of research that we were involved in. And so Phillips approached me and said, we'd like to look at offering you a job and having you do applications. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I actually thought I would be with Emory until I retired. You know, and so I talked to my father, and he said, "You know, Kristen, you've j- you've got a little bit left for your bachelor's. Finish out your degree. They will come back if they really want you." 
And so they did come back. And so then I, I was I was hired by them. But I will give people a little interview um, thing that my dad taught me. He said, research that company. The first thing I found out is that Phillips is spelled with one L. I was like, oh <laughs> my goodness, if I spell the name of the company wrong, right. I'd be crazy. Um, but he said research because you need to, to know what you're buying into, what you're doing, and have questions to ask. I actually don't remember if I did, but it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's a good tip. So I started in basic applications. So I'm in this big corporation. They're Dutch. And um, then I, they ask, maybe a year later. I think I was only hired because I was, I was on the job training. Truly, I think they hired me because I did have all the research. I'd done so much with runoffs. We used to use right. pencil marks. I think they were hiring that, and they hired a personality. I'm not sure if I have one, <laughs> you but I was trainable. <laughs> and now, so, um, to not go too far, uh, how did you get into the research aspect? Um, I was well. Actually, all of us were required. Oh, so like to, a rotation? Uh, yeah. yeah. Because they did a lot. I mean, Emory, it, you know, it's that facility, it's, it's cutting edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. So, oh, like awesome. I said, that's what they were really known for. I was always remembered that. Yeah, and they're they're really back on the the Richter scale as far as what they've been doing with a lot of they're literally on the, like the same block as the CDC so oh. I mean literally right. it's walking well, actually, distance let me, let me give you an example you ever heard of the Dixon technique yeah okay Dixon technique it's named for by Dr. Tom Tom Dixon Tom he, Dixon he's from Emory oh. he's from Emory it was, a, oh, it was the Dixon technique was born at Emory wow Nice. Rod, Rod Pettigrew, Dr. Yeah. Pettigrew, uh, cardiac. cardiac. He, he's at NIH now, but he started to, you know, a lot of the cardiac. And so I would work with him. And so, I, you know, we did these different. And also, we made a ton of money doing research. And again, I was very poor. <laughs> and so we would sign up to do them. I mean, sometimes I did I did cadaver, just part of the heads. And I would do it for like, you know, IACs, you know, just different, you know, coils and all different types of things. It was just something I was approached about. Right. And then also I was, um, as in, I, I like to learn. And right. so I, I was inspired. So once I, once I got to Phillips, I did basic applications. Absolutely. And I read physics books every night. Because I really, again, I only had that one course, and I, I got an 88. I didn't get an A. You know, so, I mean, I have a lot to learn. I know, slacker. Um, and so I, um, I read a lot because I was very nervous, very young. Actually, at that time, the first time they offered me a job, I was 23. At that time, you had to be 25 to rent a car. Oh. But it's illegal to ask you your age. And so they actually, this is the truth, they hired me on my 25th birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. And my next biggest nice promotion years later was on my birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was two years ago. No. Um, so then they said, you know, do you want to specialize in spectroscopy or cardiac? And I said, I would like to specialize in both. So I pushed myself. And they said, are, are you willing to do that? And I said, absolutely. Um, you got hard work, <laughs> you know. Oh, right. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, I've heard you say luck is when hard work meets opportunity. Right. And uh, so that that's what happened. And so I did both, and I spent a lot of time in uh, Europe, um, in Eindhoven, which is where their headquarters are, and getting a lot of um, information from the people that were creating all of this. 
And then there's something within an, an, like an organizational structure where if you really want to keep moving on and going up mm-hmm. to these leadership teams or you know whatever area you want to go into, you're really supposed to start looking for a new job. You know, like around every two years within the organization. Most <laughs> most big organizations are like that. They like right. to see you not stagnate. Right. They, they, if they see you in the same job for more than three or four years, they're thinking you're getting lazy, comfortable, and stagnant. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, some managers they I always I always treated my staff, and I'll get to the leadership management. I always treated the people that work for me as though I would work for them one day, and and I do. Actually, they hire Bill and I to speak for, for <laughs> oh, Philip. Oh, that's funny. So it's true. Right. No, they do. Right. And so I, I always treat them that way. But unfortunately, sometimes um, leadership or management, they have such a great person. They almost get, like, stuck. You know, nobody puts baby in the corner. But, you know, great employee ends up in the corner because they don't want to lose them. Right. And so I think that can be a downfall a lot of times. But if I was fortunate enough I applied and I, you know, I got these different. So I became apps, then advanced apps, and then just specialized. Then I became something called train the trainer. I trained all the new employees that came in that were going to be doing apps. Then I decided, okay, I'd like to go into management. And so I went into asset management. So, and, you know, I'll let you tell them how we met when you get to okay because this is how Bill and I met during this time. Mm-hmm. I did I started doing courses for Phillips in 1999. Well, did you get your did you get your MBA at that same time? Not at that time. Well, see, I was wrong. I thought you had it. <laughs> I, I have one now. Yeah, I know you have one. <laughs> so, but I did start doing courses for Phillips in 1999, and so I've, I've been speaking for many many years. It was just I only spoke for Phillips. So actually, I spoke. In England and Europe, I did those things. I, I was all over the place, but I just right. I was with a company, so that was kind of almost like a little bit of a pigeonhole. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally I was asked to speak at other places, but I was always turned down by the company, and that's fine. That was that was the rules. Right. So you know, again, that's how I met Bill. But I wanted to start to go into management and push myself, so I went into asset management. Literally, I relocated up to Cleveland, Ohio, from Atlanta, Georgia. Very cold there, in case you yeah. didn't know. And it snows a good bit. Um, so yeah, they, have, they have 11 months of winter and one month bad ice skating. <laughs> He's not even joking. I mean, no reason for a pedicure there, let's just say it. <laughs> it is. It is. It's just a, it's a different it's just a it's a different climate. Right. So anyway, I moved up there, and I started doing the assets. Just you know, I don't know. Do we have? Do we need to buy more of these emulators, simulators, so on and so forth? Took care of that, and then I covered for leadership management anytime someone took took time off. And again, that's when I met Bill. But he can he can go into that. And then I decided, you know, I'm ready. I've been taking over for these managers. They decided to completely reorg and make every manager reapply for their job. This is when things really started changing corporate wise. Right. So everybody reapplied. And uh, I ended up getting one of the leadership roles. And I actually got a great one because I got all of North America. And I, I think I had five or six modalities. And so none of which I knew anything about other than MR. And right. so I'll watch my watch on <laughs> Whack. <laughs> Did you catch it? I'll watch my watch on that thing. Okay. All right. I caught, I caught my own joke. Maybe it wasn't funny to you, but it should be. I'm joking. Um, 
I'm Sur- laughing on the inside. <laughs> on the inside. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, and you know, then I, I learned about all these different modalities. I thought that was a fantastic experience. It really widened my horizons. And um, I think that it was um, it was very positive. That at some point it just became having a lot of children. At that time we had five kids in the house, and so it just became time. Nice, nice, yeah. It's called pure stupidity. And so it was it was just time to uh, to make a change. And so then I went on to uh, faculty at. Uh, Emory. They hired me, oh, nice. and um, I led the bachelor's degree program there. Oh, I did get my MBA. Sorry. And the reason I chose my MBA, that's when I was going yeah. from asset management to leadership management. The reason I got my MBA was because I was really thinking, I just like Emory, when I was doing MR, I thought I was just going to retire with, with Phillips and be there forever. I'm not a company jumper. I'm just not. And so... But then it just was, it was too much. There's too much going on in our house. So took the job when we moved back to Atlanta. Different climate. It was good. <laughs> and I, I led the bachelor's degree for MR there for three years. And, um, you know, that, that worked out really well. And I also took um, a scanning position again at the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta because I wanted to get back in with some patient care. Right. And so um, I... Then I met Bill. Um, again. Not, again. So you're going to go through that part. Yeah. That's great. And uh, I just think that our paths are completely different. Right. And I think that we both learn from each other because we do have such different backgrounds. Because I'll say, well, I wouldn't handle that because you're, you know, I'll start using some of the MBA stuff. And then I'll say, well, based upon this, you know, this. And I learn so much from him every day. I'm not going to kiss up at all. But, you know, <laughs> but I think we both complement each other as far as our career backgrounds. Right. So well, that's about it for me. That's pretty great. Because um, what do you think it's like your defining moment? Because you said you like to learn. But is it like, you know, just working at um, a place like Emory mm-hmm. is where it kind of started? Like you always kind of pushed yourself? And like to kind of be a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and just kind of took off. Do you know where it started? And you may not know this either. I started doing pageants when I was young. And I don't like to lose anything. (laughs) Competitive. I I played tennis in college for two years. I don't like to lose. Right. And I was was seed six, okay? I wasn't five. (laughs) I was five one time, but I was out there playing. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I'm... I would say that I am a little bit um, competitive. My heart rate did just go up a little bit. And so I've always, I think I've pushed myself, you know, I'll stay that extra hour. I'll get up two hours early when I start to work out constantly and be ready for that stuff. And I'm embarrassed to say that I was in pageants, but I was. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I've just always pushed myself in that way. Oh, so. Nice. Right. Did you do a lot of extra outside of you know work and things like yep. listen to podcasts or yeah, absolutely <laughs> you, know, you know Bill and I we are, we are constantly seeking out answers and correct right. things you know we have something called a two dollar bet it has to be a crisp two dollar I mean people say well I'll bet you a million dollars they never pay you right oh no in our game you pay <laughs> and it's got to be a crisp two dollar bill because wow. that requires a trip to the bank right yeah but two dollar bills are really neat because you can you know when you give somebody a tip you know the two dollar bill it's like really interesting first i look at it like is this fake i really really do make it right but the banks will you'll have them but it's, it's just kind of an interesting thing to keep in, in your wallet to keep there's one doctor 
from the East Coast to a big institution that said he finally just stopped by the bank. He's like, and Kristen, I don't go to the bank, and I just got a wad of $2 bills. <laughs> and so... That's cheating. <laughs> got time to lose it. No, he has to pay me. Yeah. Because I win. I win. Right. I win. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, that's that's one of our little games that we play as far as uh, educating ourselves and pushing ourselves. So I think it's important. I think Bill is even more driven than I am. So it was your leadership at Asset, you said, is when you decided to get into leadership. And that's when your your paths first cross? Um, our paths first crossed. You can tell them how. Well, we was. Uh, we she was? was. We was. She was. She was basically the the uh, in charge of all the the training courses. Part of what was she was was the training courses that Phillips have for their customers. And I also oh. did training. So oh, right. Oh wow. Yeah, tra- okay. So at that time, for whatever reason. Uh, well, Phillips had had someone doing an advanced. Uh, certain courses for them an outside person and the one of the people she worked with approached me at one of the seminars and said uh <laughs> we need somebody to do uh this uh well at first they started one of the basic mri course i think that's what it was it's, and would you you know give us a proposal to do it okay mm-hmm. And uh, then, as you know, I did it and they accepted it. And so I was going to go up and, and teach these courses. Uh, and um, it was one was a basic and one was an advanced, if I remember correctly. I know advanced was in there somewhere. I just can't remember if it. I didn't came do in basic later. with you, I did advanced with you. Okay, so I started out doing basic and then you they did. changed me. So that's what it was. So um, they, uh, you know, so accepted that. So I went up there. I go up to I go up to Cleveland uh, once a month to do this course, you know. And uh, then they asked me. They said, "Well, we want you to do our advanced course." And I said, "Don't you have anybody here that can do it?" Like, no, we want you. To and do I'm it. like, um, "I'm here. I've been <laughs> <Yeah>. doing it." <laughs> right. But they said, "We want you to do the advanced course." And the person you'll be working with is. Uh, Kristen and Harrington at the time. Um, I've had a couple last night. <laughs> anyway, so you know we're going to be we're going to you know we want you to be working with Kristen. Okay, right. and so um, I would go up there and I would do this advanced course for them, which was kind of funny because I never scanned on a Phillips in my life, right? So and then they had these emulators, and I got Kristen to teach me how to you know walk through this so I could show them how to optimize their turbo spin echo, even though. I'd never done it before, but anybody can learn. <laughs> right. Anyway, so that's that's how we met. And so, yeah, she was, uh, then she, you know, she got married and she's had all these kids. In fact, it was sort of funny because when she started, you know, having her children, every time I'd go up there, she was always pregnant. It was like perpetual <laughs> pregnancy. I remember one time she was coming down the hall, walking down the hall. and well, I, He teases waddling. Right. Waddling down the hall. And I look at her and I said, what is your gestational period? <laughs> like, always. Always. You know? um, so, so that's, uh, you know, and eventually someone sobered up and realized they shouldn't have to be paying somebody from outside the teaching class. Then, right. So, uh, yeah. So when somebody finally sobered up, then uh, I stopped going up to do that. And then we kind of lost touch for a while. And, you know, our paths weren't crossing then. And then uh, when she moved back to Atlanta, took over the program at, at Emory, as one of her students was coming to one of the 
little weekend seminar I was doing. Uh, and he told me, he said, I'm going to one of Bill Faulkner's. You know, I'm like, oh, you're going to really enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. make sure to tell Bill. The instructor you know, said hi. That's what yeah. I'm telling you guys. My instructor, uh, well, the Christian or yeah, yeah, whatever. He, I don't know what you told him, but he comes up to me and he goes, my instructor at Emory told me to tell you hi. And I said, who's your instructor? He said, she said Kristen Harrington. I said, actually, got my card out. Tell her to call me because, and at that time, I had a uh a customer or, or a cl- what became a client approached me about doing some optimization and protocol optimization and other things, image quality things for this group. They had multiple facilities, right. and they had several Philips systems. And again, I know nothing about scanning on Philips. Okay, <laughs> right. Uh, and so I, I said, "Tell her to call me. I have something." And that's how we got to working together. So I got this client. I'm going to need to you know some support. And then, then we just just kind of rolled off. Just kind of rolled on. Yeah. We're at eleven years now. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, that's probably why we are work pretty well together. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like left foot and right foot watching you guys. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you compliment each other very well. We, yeah, we right. would win that. What, what's that thing you do at field day? Oh yeah. Where they tie your legs and then you turn around and Yeah. Um, well, one thing we did get from a lot of our viewers, uh, questions that they want us to ask you were uh, questions related to registry review. Um, and I know you have a lot of, um, you know. Well, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things I wound up doing a lot of was registry review for, for whatever. I mean, it's just, right. it's just one of those things. You know, I never never saw myself doing this kind of stuff. I mean, it was, you know, we can talk about that later, how it got there. It was just it's oh, right. kind of odd different so one of the things i would recommend for people for register review okay uh, one of the things i'd recommend you not do is necessarily a self-study the problem with uh, registry reviewing for the registry is a lot of people study too much Mm -hmm. they study too deep they feel like they have to understand MR physics, right. and you do not have to understand <laughs> MR physics. You have to remember terminology and definition, right. right? Memorization. Memorization. There's basic things that you have to memorize, right? right? Not understand. <laughs> And I tell every every class, I usually start out with this kind of a little spiel. Okay, the ART. There, I learned in a in a class that I got sent to some years ago uh, things about multiple choice te- or tests, and and there are different formats for multiple choice tests and stuff. Okay, the I've never written questions for the ART. I've never participated in anything like that. I have mm-hmm. no, nothing. I've never been on a committee. Nothing. Okay? No affiliation. No, no affiliation <laughs> at all. Um, but they subscribe to a format where you have a question which is called a stem in a multiple choice format. And then you have the, the four choices. Three are called distractors. The other is, mm-hmm. of course, the, the correct answer. It can only be one. The format to which they prefer is that the stem or the question be about two to th- one, one to three sentences at most. Right. right there. And if you think back to the t- they're not – elaborate questions okay then the answers distractor and the answers mm-hmm. all should be the approximately the same length you don't want like three short ones and one long one right mm-hmm. 
you can't have two answers that would be mutually exclusive. For example, the answer answer A, raise the TR. Answer B, lower the TR. And then uh, you got number of averages and receiver band. You know, two others don't matter because then you look at that and you go, well, what's, you know, it's probably one of those two, right? Right. I mean, which it would likely have to be. Um, maybe. But they don't like stuff like that. They also tend to not some questions could be perceived as this, but they tend to avoid them. And in fact, in general, in multiple choice tests, negative questions are avoid or tend to be avoided because that's a that's a odd oddity. You you tend to answer a, to a positive, not a negative. Which of the following is not right? Okay, those typically are not preferred. Okay, so my whole point is this. Aside from now that it's on a computer, click on the aorta, click on the you know triangular fiber cartilage or whatever right uh click on the image that's out of phase or something like that it's a multiple choice test in a multiple choice test it's it's all about definitions Mm. you can't ask how something works how does oversampling work you can't ask that in a multiple choice format right you the you one, turn it on. You turn it on, right? <laughs> the um, you know another example. Then I give always give this one. Um, so this is kind of like what you'd see on the registry for a tissue with a given uh, T one relaxation time and for a given TR period. The flip angle that will result in maximum signal is known as the blank, which is the Ernst angle. You don't have to know how to calculate it. You don't have to understand it. You just got to remember the definition of an Ernst angle, right? <laughs> right. Right. You you've got right. to know you know what it looks like when it's in phase, what it looks like when it's out of phase. Understand the concept of chemical shift. You don't have to. You just have to memorize this stuff. So what I tell people is, take a look at the content specifications. Okay. Right. You know what most people don't do is look at the content specifications. What are the content specifications? They're telling you what's on the test. <laughs> it's very straightforward. I mean, it's telling you what's and on the test. It actually tells you the number of questions for each category. Right. Right. Now, the, the categories are getting big, and I will tell you this. If you're prepping for the registry, do not understu- don't understudy or look over patient care oh that's okay. where they get you people spend all their time on the physics and right. there used to i think be only 61 questions when i how many questions total are there on the physics it's 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 ridiculous well it's like 105 for what they call image production which is also not the term i would use it's really data acquisition right because oh, it's right. right that's really what it is right uh it's done by fourier transform and that's all you need to know right, right? But then you got the other 95 that you can completely miss right oh right the, you know the other thing that the other thing that's often overlooked is the anatomy right right and and i'll tell you when i took the registry the anatomy is what kicked my butt because I'm think, looking at this, I don't know what that is i don't, I don't know <laughs> right. i don't know what that is right um and so there's the anatomy lives in what's in the procedure category. See, they're not they don't ask you how do you do a knee, how do you do a head. Like you know, procedures oh, can be like uh, things about procedures could be like dynamic pituitaries or arterial phase, you know, in the liver. Oh, right. You know, plane. That, 
playing, it depends on the radiologist of the day. Right, right? exactly. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they can't really get just general specifics about how to do this stuff. Right. But that's where anatomy lives. The If you look at the content specs, when it gets when you get to uh, – I'm just, just kind of scrolling over here. If you get to uh, where it says procedures, okay, uh, and it goes neurological, spine, whatever, and you look at focus of the questions – the first thing it says is anatomy and physiology. And they can ask you about imaging planes. Well, like what plane would best demonstrate this? I mean, right. like a pathological consideration, protocol considerations, patient considerations. See, this is the procedure thing. Right. And it can't get real specific because this, is, this has to go across the board. This is why if people study too deep. Uh, that, let's say that you study spectroscopy and you take so much time with it. I think people should look at this from the perspective of this applies to all of you know, North America, everyone that takes it. Mm-hmm. So if you take someone in a very small, if I hit that one more time, I'm going to be <laughs> a third a time. Um, someone that's in a very, very small town, you know, they have very little exposure to spectroscopy, then, you know, you don't need to go that deep into it. Right. People are like, well, I don't understand this. And they spend so much time when their focus should be in other areas. Right. It's going to be a very question. high level yeah. question. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got to be very high level. Uh, you know, and the answer is probably going to be chemical shift. I mean, I mean, just seriously, right. you know, I mean, there's not that much you can ask about. Right. right? Don't give it away. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I would read the content specs. And the patient care and management is important because it's increased in the number of questions. And the reason it's increased in the number of questions, or at least my opinion of why, is now the ART allows uh, people who have other credentials to sit for the MR registry and CT. And specifically, these are almost universally nuclear medicine techs. In other words, they're CNMT right. accredited credential. So the ART now allows these people to sit for CT or MR as their primary through the ART. Okay. Right. Okay, but they have to be like an RDMS or CNMT. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is because you have PET CT and PET MR. Right. Right. So nuclear techs can get in, into this. The other thing is that there are uh, several schools uh, throughout the country that offer a two-year associate program in MRI, just like you went to, just like we went to X-ray school and came out with an RTR. And radiography was our primary, mm-hmm. and MR is post-primary. So uh, these schools, all they do is you take a you take an uh, X-ray program, take out X-ray physics, put in MR physics, and you got a two-year JCERT accredited right. program, where then these people can sit for MR as their primary. So since they've got this is my opinion mm-hmm. as to why you you're seeing an M increase in the patient care you think well i went through this on my x-ray registry why am i having to do it again well because they have people who have never gone through a ARRT primary oh, test that makes sense you see what i'm saying yeah. so now they want to make sure that they have that proper background background yeah. yes understand uh so again that's one of the things i recommend people do if it isn't if it's if it's not in the content specs it's not on the test right so when you're self-studying be careful what you're studying and, nope. I, and I'm not a big fan of question and answer books, even though I've written one, and done, it, <laughs> done two editions of it. Okay, right. uh, I 
I, you know, right. you know, I didn't like it. What I can tell you, funny story. When the registry was first announced, uh, uh, working a lot with with Candy Roth and uh, oh, yeah. who co-wrote some of these yeah. these books with, right? And so uh, we were um, actually. I, then there's a there was a, there's a company called MTMI at the time. It was started by a, a physicist, Dr. Ed Barnes, in Milwaukee. And so I start early on. That's kind of kind of got started in speaking because MT Ed saw me do something. And he says, "Hey, you know, I need an instructor." So basically, it was Ed and me. It was MTMI, right? right. He was the, well, I was the you know put out there to do that. Anyway, so. Ed says, well, get you and, you and Bill and uh, you and Candy do these MR registry reviews, right? So MTMI was advertising that, and Candy and I were walking around uh, at, at RSNA one year, and somebody from the ART or ASRT or ART comes up to me and goes, I hear you're going to be doing registry reviews. And I said, yeah. She said, how do you know what's on it? <laughs> and I said, uh, physics, <laughs> uh, anatomy, just spitballing here. Right. You know, like, well, they had published the specs, right? Right, right. right? And so, um, okay, so, so they had published the specs. So we wrote that first question and answer book, okay? Right. Which really was just from questions that we had in our courses, you know, that we'd been, that we'd been doing, right? So, so this is before the race. So now we're going to go take the registry. So for people out there that are taking the registry and they're going to scaring me to death. Okay, let me tell you something. You want to talk scared? Okay, let's let's take this. Okay, mm-hmm. I've been teaching MR registry reviews. I got a freaking book specifically for it. Now I'm going to go take the test. Now, now what if I fail that test? Now, because you, you, you've got to understand, right? I, I've never. I didn't have Perry Sprawl's class. You know, we're talking right. about different paths. Okay, right. mine's like mine is totally different. I didn't have Perry Sprawl's course. How do I know that the way I think I know it is correct? Right. How how do I know that? And how stupid are you going to look if you fail the thing after you've been doing courses forever? I mean, how oh, how well? How stupid. Mike. You know, <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the mic. You, you know, that, that was what was that was what was scaring me. I'm, you know, now I've got to go do a. Yeah, you know, how'd you do on the test? No, I can't fail it. But now sit down. Let me tell you how to. Do, you know. Uh, so the same thing, exact thing happened to me for the American Board of MR Safety. He's a founding member, so he wrote the test. We started doing courses, and then I was taking the very first oh. one, and I'm like. Oh, snap. <laughs> if I fail this thing, then I'm just going to, I mean, and I, I literally um, was one of the last people to walk out of that exam. I uh. took my time. Bill kept saying, is she okay? Has she had a seizure? What's going on? <laughs> Are you and the reason I, why there's a time limit now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, 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 so anyway, the... Um, uh, where are they going with that? So, oh, yeah. So, so right before the test. So when we're getting ready, and back then you had you, they didn't offer the course in Chattanooga. Then it was all on paper, oh, and right. it was only offered in certain locations. So Chattanooga is the fourth largest city in Tennessee, but it's not large enough to host one of these, right? So right. this one, uh, the MR registry was in uh, Nashville. Okay, oh, nice. so it's an hour. It's a two-hour drive from Chattanooga. So myself, a gal by the name of Ann Foster at uh, 
was working with me at the imaging center. I was managing an imaging center at that time. And uh, Sandra uh, was, uh, Sandra's last name. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, Sandra was, and Ann and I were all in my car driving up to, to Nashville like this. Just, just real quiet, just quiet, nobody talking, okay? And, you know, I mean, Sandra and Ann had been helping me teach my courses I was doing in Chattanooga, and I'm like, just driving up there. I'm scared to death, okay? So I get up to this, where the place where they were having it, it's kind of a college-like thing area, and there's the company I was working with, they had multiple centers, and there was one in Nashville, and the people up there, again, it's know me, or, you know, seeing the classes or something. And they, we pull up a park, and we're walking up the steps, and they're standing over there, and they've got the book, and they're waving it, and they're going, Bill, come over here. Let's study. Go study. And I'm going, no. Stay the hell away from me. No. Okay. You know. Right. Like, sweating. I, I, sweating. I don't. I'm not. Right. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm doing it, and I don't know if I'm doing it right or not. I don't know. It sounds right to me. I'm doing, right. doing it right. You know, whatever. And, uh, you know, realized I didn't understand, didn't know as much anatomy as I thought it, if I thought, I thought it'd be easier than that. And it was not. Uh, so anyway, I was just scared to death. Okay. Well, right. okay. So, um, I, I made a 92. Nice. Well, but I screwed the anatomy up royally i'm telling you i did you, not I did. know you made a 92 candy made a 93 and we joked because she knew where the uh, prost uh she knew seminal, where the seminal, seminal vesicles, vesicles were located. i did i got that one <laughs> she, she knew where the seminal vesicles were located in relation to the prostate and then, like, she right. told me that and i go i don't care i've had a vasectomy you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me, right? i got a 91 so i did not know that 91 and you know mark he got yeah. a 94 wow I know. So, uh, you know, so again, again right. it's, it's look at the content specs right. and, and just make sure you know the definitions of these things. You know, for example, in patient care, uh, it says, um, uh, for example, under legal issues, and it says uh, common terminology, bat- battery, negligence, malpractice, beneficence. Benef- benef- I can't pronounce that word. Beneficence. But, okay, what she said. What this means is they're going to ask you the definition of them. Look them up. Right. I just look up the definition. Just look them up. Memorize that definition. Right. That's what they're going to ask you. Right. Respondeat superior, which is a Latin legal term. It means let the master answer. Look it up. Look it up. Look up the terms. Right. And then just learn the definitions. That's what you do. Okay. Are you familiar with Armrit? At all? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind absolutely. of the same type of thing, right? Well, you know, we've not done the test, okay? But um, Armrit actually was came into existence prior to the ART offering an MR exam. And it was run by a separate group out in California. Uh, it's the, the organization is now based in, I think, out in New Jersey, and it's a well-run, well, very well-run organization. Right. So, it's uh, they have they have clear requirements for people to become credentialed by them, and right. you can look at it on the website. They've been approved since two thousand and eight. They've been recognized. Yeah, the ACR recognizes them. Uh, right. Joint Commission recognizes them. They're they're recognized on par with the ART. One of the difficulties of doing the ARRT registry can be the clinical competencies, depending on where you work, uh, right? Right. Uh, if you work in 
Christmas a rural out a rural hospital. You right. do brain, spines, and knees. You don't do any abdomens. You've done a chest. You know, right. or a chest. I mean, CT. You know, um, it can be hard. Or you think about this: you work in an orthopedic office. You got an orthopedic office, and maybe they have an uh, uh, actually a dedicated extremity MRI unit, and all you do <laughs> is knees, ankles, wrists, and elbow, and that's all you do. Right. Right. So that's very difficult to get those clinical competencies. You can't sometimes go to you say, well, I go to a hospital and let let me do it. No, not necessarily, yeah. because they they have concerns about legal liabilities, right? I have recommended to techs who have come to me and said, it's just, I can't get the comps. I said, we need to check into ARMRIP, okay? Um, I had a friend who was working for GE. Again, let's talk about, you know, kind of going back to kind of the corporate path here. Mm-hmm. He, as a technologist, came in as to applications, moved up to some more applications-based stuff. It worked a lot with their Tips TV back in the day. And then he went into sales, and he liked his job in sales, and he was with a certain area of the company. And he figured he'd always be doing this job in sales. You know, to Christmas point, I thought I'd always be, right? right. Emory or something I actually like thought about mine lapsing when I was at Phillips. Because I had chosen the business path. Right. Yeah. One of the things I would recommend to anybody in a career thing, do not let your license lapse. You never know when you're going to need it. You don't know what can happen, right? Well, I got a question on that because now some people are falling into their – Primary, well, they're they're um, like X-ray. Say your primary now is MRI, but you start out as X-ray tech, and you're within that ten year where you have to renew. Yeah. Now, should you still renew that X-ray? Oh, okay. Well, let me let me right. uh, let me come back to that. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, what what Tom did mm-hmm. was he decided he's going to be here forever, so he just let his license lapse. Okay. Well, his job ended. Okay, they got rid of his position. Okay, one of the customers that he has worked with in the past, an imaging center group, wanted him to come down and manage it. So right. He's got no, he's got no RT license anymore. Because what you lose is you lose everything, the right? Whole. The whole thing. And he said he was calling me. He said, "Well, can I go back to the ART and and basically grandfather me in for my? Let me just sit for MR." I go, "No, they won't do that." Because what happens is when you lose that. To get back, and I've had people in my classes that had that. Uh, I remember these ladies again. They took, you know, they're not working anymore. Didn't think they ever need it, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, life happens, right. and now they need it. And I remember one lady in particular. She had just gotten through going through RT again, her RTR, right. and now she's getting her MR, you know, to get her MR back. So what Tom did is actually take the Armrit path and he's now uh, actually on the board of Armrit. I mean, he's a well-recognized uh, speaker and program and does uh, you know fantastic job. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a definitely a, a career path. Now, right. as far as the every 10, <coughs> ten yeah. year stuff, and I'm trying to remember the terminology, right. fortunately for me, <laughs> I am a grandfather. Okay. Right. But me too. <laughs> if you if you got your RT and your R your RTR is grandfathered, mm-hmm. but now you got your MR, which is not going to be grandfathered, right. then it's only the MR that you have to renew every ten. Yeah, and it's it's not a renew. I forget I forget what they call it. It's like okay? a portfolio type. It's a little vague. It's, it's, it's a little yeah. It's a little yeah. hard to figure out from what I hear. But my understanding is 
<clears throat> that you you do some sort of a online it's not a test but it's some sort of something right. online mm-hmm. and from that then you're given a recommendations of areas or topics that you need to get uh, continuing education in I forget and I'm forgetting the t- I'm forgetting That's my understanding as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm forgetting the terminology. They have certain terminology for it. Right. And then so, so what has to happen is the because I'm running into this because I'm having I have to work through this with the or go do this for, with the ARRT um, is uh, I have to, if somebody wants to use our MR safety officer course for example as credits towards safety for their renewal. Oh. Mm-hmm. But that my course has to be listed with the ART as having been reviewed and ex- now is acceptable for this. Right. It's kind of like the the MR registry review course. I have to, and it's really it's literally just paperwork. But I have to list that with the ART so that people who sit for the MR registry can use my course as the uh, uh, the what's it called um, the. the, the blocking on the name of it uh, for the the credits that will mm-hmm. count to you acceptable to take the test right structured education that's what it's oh called. yes right. structured. structured education okay right. so um but basically what i understand all it is is just basically getting ce credits as they direct for topics Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, and I think what a lot of people need to understand, too, I think a lot of techs, and Chris and I have talked about this, are kind of confused with the ART versus the ASRT, right? Oh, yeah. We're registered with the ARRT, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> continuing education credits can be approved for acceptance by the ARRT as long as they are approved by what's called a recognized RECEM, R-E-C-E-E-E-M, it's an acronym, and I can't remember what, recognized something other, right, right whatever. Right. And there are several groups that can approve credits that are acceptable, by, that are recognized RECEMs that are acceptable to the ART. Mm-hmm. ASRT is one of them, SMRT is one of them, AHRA is one of them, um, there's a couple more, okay? Right. So not everything has to be approved by the ASRT to right. count, okay? And the ASRT is simply a, or a society like the SMRT, right? Right. So it, it, when you're looking for stuff for the registry, you go to the ARRT to find out what you got to do, not the ASRT. Right. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. So, I mean, that's mostly like for the registry review. Um, do you have any other tips that you think that, I mean, what you've said so far is actually I find really helpful. I wish I would have heard this when I was giving <laughs> 10 years ago when I would do the registry. Um, by the way, I barely missed a cutoff by like a month um, for being grandfathered. Oh, All <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep, me too. Um, really? Like two months, yeah. But, it's fine. Um, but once you pass the registry, you're now a licensed tech. Moving forward, what options do people have? Like, what career paths do MR techs have to evolve as a tech? Well, I mean, you can take a corporate path, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, and that's more application. Well, you could do applications. Okay, now applications. Sales. You know, sales. Oh, okay, right. All right. Um, you can. It depends on what you want to focus on. Okay, let me give you a kind of go through kind of how I kind of got there and so give you an yeah, idea of what Tell us about your path and yeah. then we'll kind of revisit. You, you know. Yeah, that's a good Because so, they're so, so different. Yeah. Okay, so I st- I graduated high school in 73, had no idea what the crap I wanted to do. Uh, somebody from the community college there in Chattanooga had given a presentation for their allied health and they had an orthopedic assistant and radiologic technologist. The radiologic technologist sounded really cool 
and the guy that was doing the presentation really didn't know a lot about it and he said you can start and this is 73 you can start out making sixteen thousand dollars a year and i said where do i sign up <laughs> um i started out um making 390 an hour okay i mean we're talking this isn't 70 okay so i ain't making those 16 i remember talking to my wife and saying hey when i make thirty thousand a year you can quit work yeah uh so um that's how back in those days anyway so um so literally i was uh i was shooting x to talk about 25 and renting a car i was shooting x-rays at 17 because they couldn't give me a film badge until i turned 18 because my birthday's not in october so i went right out of high school right into this and you know i learned you know three things my first day how to shoot a chest x chest x-ray where the rectum is located and how to treat an adverse event right, <laughs> right. you know so that's quite, anyway so you know the first thing i ever saw was a colostomy be oh, okay first thing i ever saw man. oh yeah hazing right there yeah, well, I, just, you know, I walked into the room and this tech is putting this tube where a tube shouldn't be able to go and right. um you know and then so i got home i live at home and so i got again i'm 17 years old i get home and i sit at the dinner table and my parents asked me what did I do today? And I told them, and they never asked me again. <laughs> no, no uh, my, my dad's passed, but my mom, you know, she, she'd call me. She'd call me a few You know, how you doing? She'll ask me how it's going, but she's I don't think she ever asked me how. You know, and my sister who was two years behind me is telling people in high school, "What's Billy doing now? He gives enemas." Okay, so <laughs> anyway, I knew, you know. So um, quite honestly, I, I was an angiotech. I got like. Kristen, when she was doing her rotation, was hanging around MR. Back in the seventies, they didn't. If you if they wanted you over here, you went over here and you did this. Not like they do today. Oh, I right. So I was in the cath lab. So I became an angiotech, which I really liked. And then going through that, then I eventually got a job as a, a moved to another facility. Got a job as an assistant chief tech. And um, then. Uh, so this is how I got into MR. So this this uh, radiologist group uh, was going to build an imaging center, and they wanted to put in an MRI. So back in the early '80s, early mid '80s, and uh, the hospitals were scared to death of it. They wanted to partner with the hospitals. Hospitals, were going, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're right. going to do that. So um, one day I was taking a load of films into Dr. Jim Crawley's office, threw them on the desk there, and started to walk out. And he goes, hey, Bill, uh, you hear we're building an imaging center. We're going to put in an MRI. And I said, yeah. I said, I'd like to run it for you. And he said, you would? I said, yeah. He said, okay, you got it. That's it. That was my oh, – that's, that's, that that's, uh, yeah. that's how I got into MRI, okay? <laughs> And um, so, um, anyway, so built, we did the imaging center. I got to hire the staff. I got to pick who I wanted from, you know, made a lot of people mad of hospitals because I picked people I wanted. Right. And, um, you know, at that time, I thought I wanted to do management, right? Because this looked like the way I was going, right? right. Like I'm getting into something here, and this is the way I want to go. So I had an associate degree, and the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga had a program. Um, now can I can't remember. I don't remember what my bachelor's is in now. Uh, it's, 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 well, it's, it's something ma- health management or something. Like, management I, I forget what it is. Yeah. Something I forget. What He's it. got the degree. Okay. I have to go look at it. It's on the wall. And by the way, they misspelled William in my degree. Oh, okay. Funny. Oh, yeah. They transposed the, the the and I never saw it until somebody later pointed it out to me. <laughs> like, okay. So anyway, um, they they had this program whereby they would give me 
mostly full credit for my two-year degree. So really, I only had two years to go to get a bachelor's degree. So I worked at it over overnight doing it because that's what I thought I wanted to do. And I probably would have stayed in management if it wasn't for people, you know. So uh, just right. management just didn't seem to fit. About that same time, so we're talking about, you know, how you can look for things in career paths. About that same time. So he time, didn't like working, you know, having people, people. under I don't, I don't, I'm the one that really enjoyed that growth process. Well, I, liked, I liked working with people. It's just I didn't like to have to deal with certain things in management, okay, right. when, he, when people were having problems. And I – how many times do you have to circle back around, close a loop, you know, here right. have a meeting about a meeting, meeting. about a, I, I didn't like that part. Right, yeah, right. right. And, and so in a hospital, this is an outpatient center. Hospital management would have would absolutely have driven me up the wall. I mean, right. I had enough feel for it for when I was, you know, assistant chief tech. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember one time when I was assistant chief tech, I did this gal's uh, uh, performance evaluation. And you always had to come up with some area to improve, right? So, okay, I said, okay. Sometimes, sometimes when I hear you talking with the floor, you can come across a little curt. You might want to look at that. She got mad. She stood up. She stormed out. She left. She just left. She clocked out and left. And then the uh, girl was the chief tech. Carolyn said to me, well, what do you want to do with her? I said, do you want her back? I said, well, if I take her back, she's done this to me. It seems like I'm just, you know, she'll get things get away with it. I've right. lost control. I right. No, I'm replace her. Well, personnel wouldn't let me do it. I had we had to take her back. Okay, and I'm thinking, I oh, just this this gig is not for me. So, so getting into the imaging center, I was a little right. more comfortable with that because it, the management stresses were not as bad. Okay, right. and actually, I was more of a managing tech actually because i really loved mr i loved right. mri okay? smart right right and well then see i the docs had sent me to a course that uh, was a, a course for mr taught by techs for techs and that's how i thought well, let's start doing some classes here okay right. and with the radiologist i said hey the the money we earn from this let's pay for people to go to courses right so back then that's the way you learn stuff you just had to go to course okay right. so that's how i kind of got into the teaching thing okay so the um, most of the stuff I just kind of one of the things I would advise technologists to do is keep your eyes open never say no and always know what you're saying no to right, right. I mean, just you know you, you never know and so when you but when you look at the the degrees as far as the associates and, and bachelors and now that we do have a master's degree in MR um so I know that when I would be hiring employees for certain positions or other managers I would talk to, you had to have a minimum of a bachelor's. And then so then HR would just filter out people. And I was very much about hiring a personality. I knew I could train somebody, right. you know, if they were just going to be because I mean, you can't send. I had people that I could send to New Jersey. But um, I had people that I just personality-wise they could not, you know. I wanted someone versatile, you know, that I could that I could manage, and so I found that to be frustrating sometimes that you had to have this minimum, you know, as far as a degree, and so you know, and then there, again, there's the masters now that we have an MRI. I know that there's one at UMMC, mm-hmm. and um, we've actually met. It's. I just want to make sure umc.edu. Um, we we just know them. Nice. It's in Mississippi. It's in Jackson. 
Is yes. that an online one, too? Uh, you know, I really I, don't know all the details. I bet, I bet in large part it is. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing. That's pretty cool. We know the person that developed it, and I really respect how hard she She actually came to us just begging for information many years ago. And um, I know there's others out there. That's just one right. that I pulled up today to mention. So There's something you said that kind of is another thing I wanted to bring up to people because it kind of plays into what, what I'm going through here, walking through what kind of, I was moving through the field. Um, for example, now Kristen mentioned the MR safety officer credentialing through the American Board of Magnetic Resonance Safety. And mm-hmm. I hear people all the time say to me, well, will I get more money if I get that? People have got to stop looking at that. Okay. Right. What this does is you're building your, you're building your resume, you're building your talents, you're building what you have to offer somebody they're not going to get somebody who basically has only done this and only clocks in if that's what you want to do you right. want to clock in you want to clock out great that's what you'll do until they eliminate your position right <laughs> right exactly. so you've got to show what some of the getting a degree to in large part i think says to people this is you know i am capable of doing this kind of stuff and i want to do this stuff right because i want to do it right right i want to do continuing education not somebody i don't want somebody to pay if they pay me if they pay for mine fine but if this is going to benefit me then i need to pay for it right you you know uh, x-ray techs are one of the few um uh, professions where the employers expected to provide for me to maintain my license i mean think about that at my job my choice to get into this why should my employer maintain my license (laughs) right (laughs) you know i mean it really doesn't make sense right so anyway um the you know that's what we started you know teaching and doing all this stuff and then I don't know. You, you probably don't know this. I don't say. I don't tell people this very much. But um, do you remember in the You're early? You're about to tell a lot of people. Yeah. Do you remember in the early <laughs> Again, days? Again, I'll just say into the mic. He's about to tell a lot of people. No. <laughs> Did you hear it the second time? Yeah. The um, the long ago there was initially back really early days of, of surface coil stuff. All of a sudden, on a GE, it came out with this thing called a combiner box where you could take two coils, two three inch coils, right, or, and put them. Do you remember that? Uh, the, com- the combiner box. They were born. We probably weren't born. Dual coil imaging. Okay. okay. We did talk about that on another podcast, though. Right, but okay. okay. Like a dual flex kind of it. Well, okay, but two coils. <laughs> the first ones to do that were. In Chattanooga. Oh. That's how I lucked into this. Okay. Nice. We had two surface coils that happened to be identical and I didn't know it. And I asked if I could hook two of them into a B and C connector and would they work? And could I do stuff like put one on the top of the neck and the back of the neck? Right. And the service engineer says, I don't know. And he calls their headquarters, GE's headquarters, and says, Will this work? And they go, I don't know. And they laughed. And I said, <laughs> I said to the service engineer, What would be the worst thing that happened? He said, You could blow a, a, a preamp. I said, mm. You got a spare preamp? He said, Yeah, okay, let's try it. So I put it in there, and it actually worked. And I looked out how I had them oriented. If I turned them the other way, it wouldn't work. But turned them the right way, and it did work. And started showing this around. Then GE saw this. So, again, for people who, um, getting into stuff don't let stuff discourage you okay right so um ge back in those days we're gonna have a user meeting at this uh, what now is the ismrm i forget what it was called it was in a big meeting in montreal this was back in the late 80s okay Mm -hmm. and they said we want you to present on this dual coil thing 
okay? So my radiologist, Dr. Don Mills, says, you're going to present it. I said, no, you present it. He goes, no, it's user. You do it. And then I say, okay. He says, but here's what you got to do. He said, you ever been to one of these meetings before? I said, no. He said, they're horrible. He said, what they do is they get up and they stand up. That's and they why get, he was making you oh, do no, it. Oh, no. He said, you get it. Well, yeah. You get up. You do the presentation. And after you do your presentation, the other people in the audience get up and they challenge you. And they want to know how, why, and they're going to quiz you on it. And you're going to have to be able to answer it. And furthermore, they tell you five minutes, you're going to be five minutes, or they're going to come pull you off stage. So, so it's got to be it's got to be practiced. Now, I've been teaching courses, okay? Right. And I've been, you know, but teaching stuff. and maybe done a few – I've not done any really in lecture or, you know, talks, okay? Right. So he says, you're going to need to do this, and you're going to need to get it down to five minutes. He grilled me, practiced me. I did that talk over and over and over. And this is old days of slides, okay? And I'm like, good Lord, okay? And I said, surely they don't do this. Okay, so I go to this meeting, and um, I'm in the, a big session. Main, I'm not talking at this session. The user group was a smaller session. So I'm in this big conference room, okay? And this guy gets up, and he's doing a presentation on something called gradient echo imaging. Okay, so it's, in, it's a big, big thing back then, right? So he <laughs> does his presentation. After he gets through with his presentation, people get up in the mic and ask questions. All of a sudden, this little skinny guy, he's Jewish Philly, he's got the little hat on his hat, okay? We'll come back to that in a minute. Gets Dr. up. Canal. <laughs> okay. Right, and, yes, and Manny sorry. Canal is only, and Manny Canal is about two years younger than me, okay? Okay, so, so this young nice. skinny guy, because I'm, I'm, I gotta be in my 30s, so Manny's, Manny's in his 30s, or late 20s, or 30s, I don't know, right. okay? So, and I've never seen the guy before, I have no idea who he is, okay? He tears that speaker a new one. Okay, he says stuff like, what you're saying is not valid. We did this. We did that. Your validity. I question your methods. We do this. We did that. I mean, he just went on and on. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my Lord, this is brutal. Right. Okay. So now we go to the GE user meeting. And on the con- on the, the docket is, uh, well, actually, there was Bill Bradley. There was um, – the the guy uh, out at Stanford, Bob Herfkins, um, other big names. I mean, the big name guys: MD, right. MD, PhD, PhD, MD, PhD, 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 MD, MD, Bill Faulkner, RT. <laughs> okay, I'm serious. I was the last one on the same. Okay, that's right. So I mean, I'm 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 sitting there, you know. And then fortunately, though, they nobody's you know they're not grilling them. This is a real obviously friendly thing. Except I am scared to death. Right. Okay. So I get up and I get ready to start, and guess who walks in the back door? Doctor Canal. Oh, the man. same guy. I don't know. I do who he is, but it's the same guy. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, God. you know. And so I'm using the laser pointer, and it's making big circles on the sky. So I'm just so nervous. You're right? a total pucker. You know, oh, it was. So it actually went over very well, but that was my first presentation. I thought, oh, my Lord, I've never rehearsed right. a talk since. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know. And oh, I told awesome. Manny that story. I said, you know. Does he remember it? No. He don't, he don't remember what he's had for dinner. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But, he, you know, I told him. I told him about it. And I said, oh, my goodness. So, anyway, the point is that opened up doors for doing presentations. It also right. opened up doors where we started doing a lot of clinical evaluations for GE on new stuff. And I got to work with Dr. Paul Keller. Uh, and when he was out here at Barrows and developing yeah. time of flight, yeah. uh, real fortunate to meet and work with him. And so that got me, you know, into 
basically where but but the I was cool getting, kids club, but, right? but I was getting pigeonholed because everything was GE. To Kristen's oh. point about pigeonholed, understand look out in life, pigeonholing can cause you problems right. because only people that wanted me to speak was GE. Right. And and really even after I had started working for myself I was having trouble getting, uh, you know, and working with other vendors because, well, he's a GE guy. Well, he's a, you know. Right. And, and so at first what I thought was going to be a bad thing, being not clinically right. tied to a scanner or associated with a scanner, turned out to be a good thing because now we, we have our MRSO courses in Siemens Price Book. And so oh. Siemens sends their customers if they oh, want nice. to spend their education Phillips money. actually has had us the past years at their user meeting, and we've done our MRSO course there in Orlando for two days while they have. Yeah. So um, we definitely uh, – actually in Canada, GE in Canada. Yeah, GE in Canada brought they, us up to do it. They, well, they've three times I think they brought us up to do that. Wow. Yeah, so, so – So, it, it, you know, just be – Always be open to stuff. And the more you push yourself, you know, like I said, Kristen was pushing in the business stuff. I was just tend to push in the MR tech kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, it just kind of fell into place. And I wanna, you, you never know. I want to I say this. So um, I would like to know the answer to this. I probably do, you know. But how did it feel? Because to me, when I decided, and I still am a scanning technologist, so Bill and I have access to Philips Siemens with me, and then we have access to GE with him. Mm-hmm. No, I, I only work a few days a year. Okay. Special effects. Special effects. So uh, you know, currently I only work a few days a year, but we still have access to these to these systems. But when I decided, and I trust him so much, really to become self-employed, to me it was like jumping off the tenth story of a building. Oh, yeah. And but I already had a solid background, someone with a lot of experience. So I want to know what it felt like to you to make that transition. That okay is is one of my defining days you know aside from the first talk i ever did but the day that that happened was one that is as clear as it's clear in my memory as if it happened yesterday okay so this is 21 years ago okay Mm -hmm. so at that time i was um working for uh because of the, the way quickly how i got there i was the imaging center sold to an outside company. I worked with that outside company in a corporate for a couple of years. And and I began to work out of my house because I was traveling around. And that kind of – I liked that. I liked that self, uh, you know, scheduling and stuff like that. And I liked that. I right. liked the traveling around, working with different sites. I, I just kind of enjoyed – that was so different for me. And I really liked it, especially if I was nice. going to miss – I thought I would really miss the clinical – aspect of it and i didn't teach any courses for that couple of years because because of the way my job was working and um then that company was 
bought by another company and the president of the company that's now buying the company i'm now working for um i was called the clinical operations manager he comes through for some tour and he walks in with his little entourage and i go up to him and i go i'm trying to forget what his name is bill faulkner you know glad to meet you and he goes yeah who are you and what do you do i mean he, this guy had no personality he right. says who are you and what do you do i said well i'm i'm kind of like a corporate chief tech i said and back then mammography accreditation was you know real getting started and so i would go around make sure everybody's mammography accreditation was you know in, in line and help marketing people help market new techniques and stuff like that because all, all these centers had marketing people and i would you know troubleshoot some image quality issues and stuff with the radiologists and techs if they had any questions and stuff and i said you know so that's kind of what i do and and he looked at me and he goes yeah well we have applications people okay so right then okay i knew my job is ending okay right. this this job is no more i go okay fine thank you so <laughs> i go home and i called the business manager of another radiology group in chattanooga who was the second group to get a, a mr and the radiologist uh he's passed away but dr hugh morrow had told the operations man or the his billing office manager bill sanders go get bill faulkner take him to lunch you know tell him if he ever needs a job you know listen so i called bill sanders i go hey bill bill it's bill faulkner he goes, yeah. I said, you know you tell me give you a call if you ever need a job i said i need a job <laughs> he said okay let's talk he said we don't have anything i said well let's talk so we go see dr morrow dr morrow is very business oriented okay mm-hmm. very business oriented and he says bill i'd love to have you but we really just don't have any position for you what, what could you do I said, well, I said, tell you what, I can do my MR courses, and you can have the money. And, you know, I had told them what I wanted, and I'm surprised I got it, but you know, I don't want it. And I said, you can have the money, and I'll help you out any other way I can around here. Of course, they worked it out where I would then be partly paid by the, manage, the business office group that was doing their business office mm-hmm. and partly paid by the radiology group. But the radiologist group was making money off of me. They they were right. making more than they were paying for me. Okay? Right. So everybody's happy for a while, right? right? Okay. And so um, – but the girl that was managing MR eventually wanted to improve her career, so she went and got her MBA of Sue, got her MBA, and now moved into being practice manager, part, practice manager for the group out of MR. So MR needed an MR supervisor. It nice. comes me now. Well, so then I move over. Now, <laughs> now I'm working totally in MR, but I'm still being partly paid by this. But all of a sudden, this is starting to limit the number of times i can go out and do talks right so this is kind of limiting my outside travel talks okay but they still wanted me to keep doing the course because they're making money off that the problem is i'm now trying to manage mri this is a level one trauma center that got two magnets i mean it's it's you know and and it's it's a hospital okay so it's got you know all this stuff and so it began to cause problems internally with the group when i wasn't available because i'm teaching a class Mm, right right so this was a strain, and I was like, I, you know, I can't, I can't do anything about it. This is then the defining moment. I'm sitting at the scanner one day, and George, forget George's last name, who was my direct manager's manager, so it was the region manager for this billing office group, billing company group, comes in through MRI. Obviously, we didn't have controlled access, but he comes walking through MR, and I'd never seen him in there, never seen him in there before. I said, hey, George. He goes, hey, Bill. I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, we're meeting with uh, Dr. Morrow and Sue, and we're actually looking at uh, putting you completely under 
plasma, you know, in other words, completely under the radiology group management, right? right? I knew right then and there, I'm going right down a pigeonhole, right? right I'm right, going right. right down to where I will always be managing MR, and I won't have, right? Right. This, 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 right. Yep. All right. So I'd been talking with a friend of mine. That was my defining moment, okay? Because <laughs> I knew right then, and I said to George, and I had been talking to a friend in Atlanta who had been encouraging me to do my classes on my own. He said, why are you giving these people money? Why don't you yeah. just do this for yourself? Okay? Right. Well, but to Kristen's point, I get a check every two weeks. I get a check yeah. every two weeks. I get a, I get that a check. was my biggest fear. I get a check every two weeks. I got to feed these kids in my house. I, and I, right. I get a check every two weeks, and I know what I'm getting every two weeks. Right. Right? You know, why risk there it? is why? comfort in that. Right. You have to understand that being self-employed, you know, it, what happens is sometimes there will be a month. Where you don't you don't get much money, right? And then the next month, and so you know because some people are net 30, 60, 90. Right. So it's a it's a very different. So we have to budget differently, you know. It is, a, but I'm telling you, it is very fulfilling. It's right. even okay. So the only failure is being afraid to fail. Does that like sound that. kind of smart? I've, I've yeah, read it I somewhere, but you know, well, but that's you know, that's like, the thing. So this has been in the back of my mind. Right. So the guy's standing there telling me what's about to happen. So within ten seconds, I now see what's about to happen to me, and I tell George, I said, "Well, George, I should probably let you know that I'm thinking about uh, leaving and just doing consulting full time." He goes, oh, you're thinking about doing that? I go, yeah. He says, well, that'll make a difference. I'll bring that up to him. And then I go home and I tell my wife, I think I just quit my job. <laughs> and sure enough, essentially, I did. I mean, wow. essentially, that's what it sounds like. Essentially, I did. Okay. And then so I you know, started working, uh, teaching my own classes. I partnered a little bit with the radiology group on the side to get started. Once I got started, I broke away on my own everything. Once you figure out everything's going to go well. And then I was also traveling around for GE because I had a good in with GE. So for people, I'm saying, you know, get in with your vendor, you know, look, look for that. And so then they would have me go to uh, sites and help with optimization and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, I've been blessed. Right. Okay. Before you know it, you're writing books. <laughs> writing books. <laughs> I, I don't get me on that. I mean, writing books is really not my favorite thing to do. You got Like, understand. we have two that we're supposed to be working on, and I don't even know how far down they are on the to do list. Oh. It keeps getting pushed back. back, back, back you know. Because of more important things that we yeah, have to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. come to Phoenix and exactly. have a good time with you guys. We appreciate that. So, no, that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's just two completely different paths. Right. Okay. And yet, somehow we converged at some point, and it just it's worked out. It's worked out beautifully. And I think anyone can can be anything that they want to be. They just have to, you know, make it happen. Don't don't sell yourself short, and right. do not ignore opportunities. Right. right, right. Always know what you're saying no to, but don't ignore opportunities. And He's always taught me that. Always build your own. Uh, you know, like and, and don't, legacy don't, or no, don't just just build your own your, your own education, your own oh, knowledge, right? Yeah. So don't expect build yourself, don't right. expect somebody to do it for you. Knowledge right. is power. I, I truly and, believe that. And I would never hire anybody that expects me to do everything for them. Right? right. I want them to want to build themselves. That's yeah. what I would. That's what I would want for somebody, and that's what I'd recommend for people. For sure. Yeah. So it sounds like a good suggestion for MR techs you would have is just be a yes man. Basically, if they come to you and they ask you to pick up a new assignment or something like that say yes learn card yeah, yeah cool. build, a re- or build a resume and, yeah uh, you know and not always ask well, do i get any more money for it right yeah a lot of, <laughs> you know. a lot of people don't want 
They truly, I think yeah. Bill, to his point, a lot of people clock don't, they just want to clock in and clock out. And yeah. hopefully they're educated well enough to, to be able to be smart enough to even clock in. Right. You know, we would hope <laughs> that they would be seeking more knowledge. Yeah. Right. But then there are those people and that are just, con- there's actually someone with applied radiology and they say he takes every, every course. Is that not true? Yeah, every course. It's a doctor. Yeah. They say he's on everything. And so I'm like, he's my goal. Okay, as someone <laughs> right. that is seeking knowledge that much. There's there's a lot of education out there that is uh, if it's some a lot of the free stuff is like sponsored by uh, uh, a large vendor, a large vendor, or something like that. And so the, you know, I'm not saying all free stuffs not good, but I mean, right. you know, there's stuff out there. The, the other thing you can do is I, we would encourage you to join the SMRT, the MR oh, Tech Society, okay? Right. Because for your annual fee, you get all these homes. You can actually get all 12 of your credits through some of these really good home studies. Some are more basic and some are extremely advanced. And I like to listen to stuff where I only understand just a fraction of it because that means I'm going to learn something. Um, some of the post questions that we uh, have prepared was, what advice would you give someone interested in taking a similar career path is you we hit that one pretty hard i think you guys gave out a lot of good um Uh, yes man for sure well i mean just and look for opportunities and and keep improving yourself push yourself don't be afraid and like i said don't be afraid to to fail um and i'm you know we were talking about this while you're taking your little pee pee break (laughs) um you know always remember that some of the worst managers you learn the, the most from and right. so you take what you don't want to be with you to your next job. Do you want to start naming names? <laughs> they know. Uh, there's, a, there's a target, and they don't know. But, yeah. but I, I have had, I've had mostly I've had some of the best managers in the world. Yeah. Right. But I've had you know, several that were absolutely horrible. And I just know what I didn't want to be when I moved into these different roles. So yeah. even if you are in a situation where you're trying to get out of it, you know, there is something to be learned from that. And so it, you have to pick. Our, our, we've gone down the road of him and of me, and we took totally different. You just have to look. Keep your options open. Right. That's people are, are afraid of change. I mean, that is a the huge truth. thing. Keep your options open. Your license current. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Don't don't let your license lapse. I mean, you know, and, right. and, and you know, think about it. I mean, just to use an example, if you're saying, well, I don't want to. I don't want to take this for five dollars. I need five fifty. Okay, so you're willing to lose this for fifty cents, right? right? I mean, in other words, you're willing to take one hundred percent of nothing, right? Yeah. right? Oh, you know, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's what uh, you wind up with, right? right? So, well, zero from zero is zero. Ninety percent, ninety percent of something I is better than one hundred percent of nothing. I learned that in a legal case, just so you <laughs> oh. know, because it was about payment for something, and they were like, "Yeah, you're not getting anything because zero from zero equals zero. <laughs> Well, we love to ask everybody this question as we follow or as we wrap up the episode. Um, I'm really interested in hearing you guys' answer. But what excites you most about uh, you know the the future of MRI? The unknown. That's a really oh. good question. Or a really I, good answer. I think I like the unknown because it's it's constantly evolving, and you know I just think not knowing which direction and also because of not knowing which direction what direction is my career being self-employed going to take me right I've hit that five. four times not th- i think four there was one you missed no. <laughs> um, i'm just i'm coming clean here because you're going to see it at some point but I, I i think that not knowing is exciting to me 
So, oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that answer. I, you know, I like uh, I like what I'm seeing being developed at the higher field, like seven Tesla. It seems really yeah. exciting. Um, there's, uh, I think, some of the newer. Uh, reconstruction techniques particularly the ones using uh, uh the artificial intelligence which are letting us really reduce scan times i think oh, yeah. they're going to open up some doors for really nifty applications and stuff um i i that's what excites me most i mean i also what excites me most is i see people getting uh encouraged or getting focused on MR safety and getting focused on, you know, getting their credentials as an MR safety officer and right. stuff like that and really focusing on that. I think if we make it make it safer for our patients and stuff, that's that's a good thing. I think so we're spunking up some of that passion. Right. That people have sometimes MR techs feel stifled. And I think I mean, there's that, four of us sitting in a room talking about MR right now i mean yeah. on the weekend right yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and we're happy to be here because yeah, right. we're Definitely. spreading something that hopefully is going to be like change right yeah. contagious too for sure yeah. well i mean it goes without saying we are honored to be joined by you two i appreciate it um you guys came from all the way across the country to join us thank you thank you thank you uh, our pleasure. you guys please if you would let the people know what you have coming up as far as like presentations dates uh your podcast mricast.com yeah sort of- well here's what here's what we've got um we do mr radio reviews uh, almost monthly except maybe in january december kind of like that mm-hmm. mr safety officer courses several times a year ct registry courses several times a year all of the courses that we do in chattanooga are also available to attend via live simulcast so if you can't travel uh and you can attend the course, get the credits. Uh, it's, it's live. You can participate, ask questions, and so on. We're working on a podcast project called MRI Cast. Nice. So you can look, find that online. All of this is on our website of www.t2star.com. Uh, we have video projects with a couple of companies uh, uh, app, applied radiology northwest imaging forums uh, each one of those have various education programs of ours and you know we we also do a lot of uh, mr uh, site audits risk assessments from a safety standpoint so all of these things are on our website t2star.com so uh if you there's also a, you can sign up for a little news list thing and then you can follow us on twitter or uh or linkedin something like that which by the way is another thing i think for career paths you know, look at some of the social uh, media but be very cautious of facebook and, and one other advice i'd give people make sure you've got an email that sounds professional not like <laughs> mri hot chick 59 i mean i've seen these and it's like you know that's not the way you go apply for a job right, right? you know I agree. <laughs> yeah, just you know watch the emails and yeah. the facebook stuff yeah. you know there's no app where you can swipe left on the uh yeah, right. for the yeah. job application right, right? Yeah, don't do that, right? are you a swiper <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you can get ceu credits by going to the website you can get ceu credits by going to our website zone3podcast.com um, look for us on youtube all those different uh platforms look on them uh, their their venues or their platforms as well Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And thank you. Uh, Hit subscribe. Hit like. Tell all your friends. Do all those things that YouTube people tell you to do. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, That's it. All right. Zone 3 Podcast. We're out. Thank you. All right. Thank you.